Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Romans chapter 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O oh man, you who judge those who practice such things, and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you once again as we worship our Lord and Savior on this Sunday morning. We continue our series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we recall that we are living the Christian life not because we want to prove to God that we belong to him, but we live the Christian life because we already do belong to him. You see, our fruit is emblematic, or our fruit is the evidence of the fact that God has changed us. We do not try to live a life of love, joy, peace, patience in order to earn or to curry God's favor. But instead, we run to God himself, and we speak to God and say, our hearts are evil all the time, O oh Lord. Our rebellion against you is deep, O oh Lord. Your word has convicted me and convinced me that you are the God of all justice. Your word has convicted me and convinced me that only in your Son, Jesus Christ, and through his blood, do I have salvation? Do I, am I able to once again be fully human in loving you and in loving my brothers and sisters? When we come to know the Lord, we cast everything aside. We are not fearful in losing everything because we know that having Jesus and his love and his presence in our lives 
is more than enough for you and for me. Tears flow because we realize that we have been saved when we did not deserve salvation. Tears flow because we realize there's nothing that we did, but that God's Spirit simply convicted us and showed us the truth of who we are and the truth of who God is. You see, this supernatural change in our hearts bears supernatural fruit. And the supernatural fruit that we bear is a fruit that this world does not understand. And it's a fruit that even ourselves, that we recognize, is something that does not come from our own abilities, but comes from above. We must live a life in God's word. We must live a life in repentance. We must live a life following him and loving him so that this fruit can be, be, be born out. You see, our hearts need to be cultivated. And just like any plant that you may grow, a tomato plant needs watering every single day. A tomato plant needs to be made sure there's enough nourishment in the soil. The plant needs to be made sure that the, the sun shines upon it, and then it will bear its fruit in its time. And so it is for you and I as well, this fruit of the Spirit that we are talking about. We don't go straight away and say, let's get this fruit out there. That's God's job. but we must tend to our hearts and tend to each other's hearts. Speak scripture to one another. Listen to one another's confessions and pray for God's forgiveness for each other. Bestow hope in each other of God's remarkable grace and, and infinite patience for you and I. And then weep over your sins and weep for joy over the same forgiveness, over the forgiveness that God gives you as well. And as you tend to your heart, this fruit will manifest. And again, it is a fruit that comes from being in God's presence. It's a fruit that comes from knowing God. Today we look at another characteristic of this fruit of the Spirit, the supernatural fruit. And today we look at kindness. And kindness is often overlooked um, as one of the fruit or characteristics of a Christian. Why is kindness so important? And why is it indicative of a believer to show the supernatural kindness? to one another, and to a world that needs to hear the gospel. Now, when we think of the word kindness in our, in our world today, we often think of the world word nice, that we are to be nice to one another. This sort of counterfeit understanding of, of kindness um, is something that we fooled ourselves into, um, into portraying as the supernatural fruit from God. 
But being nice or this counterfeit kindness actually isn't kindness at all. We are nice to one another because perhaps there's something that we get out of it. We host someone because we have questions that we want answered. We are nice to someone and, and buy them a, a cup of coffee because there's information that we want to gather. Or perhaps there's something we want to unload in our hearts as well. But being nice or being kind, this counterfeit kindness, often has a selfish root. We, we want something. We want to gain something. And we know that this kindness, this counterfeit kindness fades away because after we have met with this person, well, out of sight, out of mind. We forget who they are. We forget about that meeting because we have gotten what we wanted. Oftentimes, the, the kindness or, or the niceties that we, we show, this counterfeit kindness once again, that we show one another, comes with strings attached. Have you ever received a gift from someone knowing that this is not a gift without uh, any strings? They, they, they want something back. Or have you actually given something to someone hoping that you will receive something? This type of niceties or, or counterfeit kindness with, with strings attached to it is sort of these niceties that the world elevates as not necessarily bad things. We're being good to one another. We're showing some sort of kindness, some sort of charity. But kindness fades away once we get burned. This kindness fades away once we do not get what we want from it. Kindness goes away when we have received what we, have, what we wanted already. And this selfishness, this, these niceties, well, fade into nothingness. But our world is even beyond this today. Kindness isn't even on the radar in our social discourse anymore. We go and watch the news, and I hope that most of you don't watch the news too often. I, I, I encourage all of you guys to support sort of a side note is once a week or so, see what's going on, but don't follow day to day. You'll, you'll go crazy because the social discourse is not about kindness. It's not about charity or generosity. It's about cruelty. It's about slander. It's about anger, clamor, bitterness, as some, as Ephesians 4.31 talks about. It's about malice. We're not taught to be kind to one another, but we're taught to put other people in the worst light. And this sort of cruelty that is now in the American discourse is completely unhealthy and completely unhelpful. And it is something that the evil one rejoices in. The other day I was reading about the airlines and 
and these airlines want to up the penalty for those who are just violent on the, on the airplanes, who would argue with the stewardesses or, or the flight attendants and, and who would physically assault flight attendants for very basic things. This world, our nation, it's not about kindness at all, but it's about cruelty. And so this is the world we live in, where we have people who are simply nice, where we have this counterfeit kindness that is simply self-centered, or we have people who just sort of said, let's not even try that. The way to get what I want is simply to be cruel to people to use people. But the Bible here says that one of the characteristics of supernatural characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. And let me, let me show you how important kindness truly is. In Proverbs 21, verse 21, this is what Scripture says. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Scripture wants us to pursue being kind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, when Paul is talking to the church there, and he's talking about sort of his experience as this missionary, he talks about the fact that he's been persecuted, talks about the shipwrecks that he has, but he's talking about this in the, in the context of, let me show you that I have been faithful to God, that I've been doing my work, and I've been showing forth the gospel to all people. And out of that list of all the things that he's done, that, that, that all, all the things that he's went through, he enumerates sort of what type of character he showed to the people. And one of the things that he says is that, listen, I've been kind. I've been kind in my missionary work, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of shipwrecks, in the midst of, of controversies. I've been kind. And so for us as Christians, we need to see what this kindness is. And we ourselves need to pursue this kindness in such a way that it is consonant with us laboring in our hearts to know God. That is consonant with our repentance and our trust in him. So what is kindness? What does it mean to be kind? Well, kindness is simply, okay? Kindness is simply being generous, loving, and understanding to others in such a way that it honors the other as image bearers of God Okay. Kindness is being 
gracious, loving, merciful, gentle, in such a way that honors the other as an image bearer of God. Now, the first part of that definition, you can put in anything, almost, in being kind. Be gentle, be gracious, be loving, be patient. Look out for, look, 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 look to see what's best in the other person. Do actions of kindness, of buying coffee, giving bread, say good words. But all of that within the context of seeing the other as an image bearer of God, as someone who belongs to God himself. And we do not do this out of fear that God will judge us if we're not kind, but we do this out of love and knowing our Father made this person, created this person. And even if he or she is in full rebellion against God, they deserve kindness because God made them. Now, I'll make that distinction because this isn't about fear. You know, sometimes like you're nice to that person in the room because his father is is the boss of the company. So you're nice or you're kind to them, but because he's the boss's son. We're not nice to people out of fear that the boss is going to fire us or that the Lord will, will, will take away his favor for us. But we're kind because we see that the Father loves us unconditionally. And we see that the Father has made this person and loves this person as well, desiring for them who do not know Christ to come to know Christ. And so in God's patience, his kindness to them is the same kindness he shows to you and me. Some of you have been reading along with us uh, Rosario Butterfield's um, book on the gospel comes with a house key. And she talks about how kindness changed her life. You see, she was a, a professor at Syracuse University, English literature. And one day she wrote an op-ed uh, article um, against the promise keepers. She was in full rebellion against God. She was fully a secular humanist, if we can put it that way. So she wrote this, this op-ed against the promise keepers, this, this Christian men's group that, that sought to bring sort of accountability to men to, to act and to live as men of God. And she says she received many, many letters. And she had two little baskets. One basket was for those who patted her on the back, who were being, quote-unquote, nice to her. And so she put those in one basket. And then, of course, there was um, mail that was critical and hateful, and she put it in another basket. 
and she recounts how she reveled in, in getting all these letters and how she would organize them for me, who loved me, and those who hated me. But she received one letter from this pastor named Ken Smith. And he was very direct in the sense that he did not agree with her, but he did not agree with her in terms of the presuppositions that she came from in understanding who God is and understanding the authority of Scripture. But Rosaria Butterfield said that she couldn't put it in the hate mail pile because it wasn't hateful. But neither could she put it in the support file because he disagreed with them. And she recounts how that, that piece of paper, that letter, sat on her desk and she did not know what to do with it because it was the kindest critical letter she ever wrote, she ever read. But not only that, Ken and his wife invited her to her house, their house. And the first meeting there, she said she was ecstatic. She, she, she enjoyed the fellowship there. She enjoyed getting to know people. But what really was remarkable to her was that there were two things that Ken and his wife didn't ask her. One, you want to come to church with me? And number two, do you want to hear the gospel? They didn't share any of that. And she was thankful for it. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But what Ken and his wife was able to do was to see this as an image bearer of God and to ask the question, what is the best way to honor this person in such a way to show God's kindness? And Rosaria Butterfield goes on to, to recount the, the meals week after week, the, the appropriate texts that came week after week in the way that the kindness of this couple and the way they lived for the Lord started to slowly break down her heart. That God used the kindness of his people to show forth the gospel. You see, we as image bearers, we as people, sorry, we as people who, who know God already, one of the most wonderful fruit, characteristics of, of the fruit of the Spirit that we can show our enemies, that we can show people, it's just kindness from the Lord. You show kindness to those who are against you. You show kindness to those who are mean to you. You show kindness and understanding even to those who perhaps have lied to you. You show kindness and mercy. You see, in Rosaria Butterfield's um, case, it's that kindness that led her to the Lord. There's another story in her book, and, and this is a story that many of us hear many times before. A loved one in our family 
perhaps who, who doesn't know the Lord, who perhaps even mocks your belief, or just tired of like hearing about Jesus from you. How do you win them over? By continually being kind, honoring them, loving them, doing good acts for them. It's not to walk away. It's not to be judgmental. It's not to, quote unquote, give them up to the Lord. But to be present and to be kind. You see, Romans chapter 2 shows us that it's God's kindness towards us. His ever good presence in our lives that leads us to repentance. Who provides for you the air that you breathe? Who provides for you the food that you eat and the water that you drink? Who provides for you the breath of life that you have today? Who provides for you the salvation in Christ that you have? God in his kindness does that. Romans 2 warns us not to presume on that kindness. For once we presume, that's when the judgmental heart comes out. And we will be judged according to that same judgment that we judge others. But what does the kindness of God, what does it do? When God provides you food, when God provides shelter, when God's provided you his son. All of these good things leads us to repentance. Lord, thank you for what you have given to me. I know now, Lord God, that none of this should be mine, but you provided this all for me. Forgive me, Lord God, for not acknowledging you. Show me a deeper repentance in my heart that I may be thankful. Show me over and over again your kindness to me in the midst of my rebellion, in the midst of my temper tantrums against you and against people. Show me that, that kindness that you showed to me. Show it to me so that I can repent. Thank you that you're not like me, Lord God. Who, if I was like that, I would turn away from, from me. But you don't do that. Teach me to center myself there. And in so doing, God, teach me to be kind to others. Help me not to get into rage when someone cuts me off in traffic. Help me not to, to presume that people are out to get me all the time. Help me just to be kind, gracious, loving, to give of myself, to give of my time, to give of my energy. Because just as you had been kind to me, let me be kind to others. 
for they are made in your image, for they are made by you. And as you show kindness to them by giving them breath of life, let me do the same as well. And Lord, use me, we pray, that in my kindness, you may use that to bring people to you. Praise be to the Lord for who he is and what he has done. Let us be a church that is kind. Let us be a church that actively loves. Let us be a church that actively seeks to engage others as image bearers of God and to rejoice in who they are. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. You are good to us, always. You are good to all of humanity. You send the rain to rain on all of creation. You send the sun to shine upon all of creation. You are kind. And your kindness extends, Lord, to salvation. For you looked upon us as miserable sinners. You did not look away, but Lord, you entered into our lives and in your kindness, you allowed your son to secure salvation for us. And when we see this gentle kindness, Lord, we repent. Help us, Lord, not to be judges of people. Help us, Lord, not to withhold this kindness from others, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to determine who gets this kindness and who does not get this kindness. But just as you, Lord, are gentle to all, help us to do the same. And just as you, Jesus, fed all the 5,000, Lord, plus, Lord, knowing that many of them there were for, there for selfish reasons, Lord, help us, Lord, to do the same. It doesn't matter. People are made in your image. People need to see your kindness. So, Lord, help us to draw near to you, to love you. Help us to cultivate in our hearts a love for your word, a love for prayer, a love for repentance, that we may indeed bear this fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, that the world may know, and we may know ourselves, that we belong wholly to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.